are listening to Omnus Protocol. I am Charles, also known as Omnus, and I am here with Jacob, a.k.a. Xavier Protocol. What's going on, man? Hey, how you doing, Charles? I'm doing well. Up early while you're up. I guess it's not late, but... Yeah, it's kind of it's a sunny Sunday afternoon here. <laughs> so, listeners, what Jacob and I are going to dive into today is we've been thinking about... Um, again, there's been so much discussion about the about the various crises and you know who's taking what. And so we thought it'd be interesting to kind of go down the list a bit, starting with the secures, and just give our thoughts on which ones kind, of, which affiliations kind of stand out as being advantaged in a particular crisis. I will say um, it is very interesting because almost you could almost do this list and have secures combined with extracts to create a more accurate idea, but there would be such a huge list to go through. Yeah. It would be insane. You'd have to do a total episode like, all right, sword, and then every possible extract you could get with it, who's advantaged and when and where. Uh, it's an incredibly thought-provoking exercise. But Yeah, and, and some of the things we're going to say, I think you've got to bear that in mind that we're only looking at one side and it might be. I mean, Researcher is a great example as an extract that comes in and completely changes the shape of the game um, in that it often dominates over the secure and it becomes the much more important part where people are going to fight over. So bear in mind that what we're saying here shouldn't be taken in isolation, take it as part of the, the set of crises. Yeah, and even something like cubes, right, can like throw a lot of secures out of whack because suddenly people are taking more damage, so then they're dazing quicker, but then other characters have more power, so they're using special abilities more often. Like um, the, the tempo's higher because you've got you know round two or round three wins on the table potentially. Yes, for sure. Okay, but we've got a ton to get through, so Jacob and I are just going to dive in. So we're going to go in kind of um, uh, threat order. So starting with sword. Um, the thinking about sword, it's a very interesting one because obviously it's a pay to flip, but any ability to move characters off the points is really key. It can help you play at low threats. And so I think there'd be no surprise to anyone that I think Avengers, um, in particularly led by Sam are very strong here. They can play to 14 very well. They've got a lot of good characters for the crisis anyway. Like you can fit in threes with, you know, inexpensive movement abilities like, Sam, Beast, um, and then can potentially at a, lot of, at a lot of threat levels, they can work in a four like Enchantress that that plays into this very well. Um, but I did also want to mention, I think Guardians of the Galaxy is surprisingly good here. Again, with their being relatively inexpensive, um, easy to fit in a lot of good characters, but then they can also switch to a very aggressive team here that if someone goes five wide, there's a lot of characters in Guardians that would just wipe two and three cost characters off the table really fast. And so even if they go down on points, they can make up for it really quickly. So it's a, it's an interesting one for sure. Uh, it's a scary crisis. Jacob, what do you think? Yeah, I, I think whenever you're thinking about these, and because this first one will kind of dig into it now, but this will apply to all of them you kind of have to bear in mind the threat value that they're at. So the 14 clearly is, is one of the outliers in terms of threat values. Yep. And you have to remember that there's a decent chance that your opponent will be able to avoid 14 threat. They just pick their secures and then they don't, uh, they don't have to worry about your sword if they don't want to play at 14. So it's worth bearing that in mind when you're considering these crises, but half the time you're not going to be playing on the threat value of the crisis, you know, rule of thumb roughly. So thinking about this as a 14 and the classic sword problem before the change was the five wide sword team was almost mandatory. There was, there were some teams that could do okay with four, potentially even three on sword, but that having those big characters pushed around, if you failed to win the, the flip battle uh, felt real bad. So I think another team I wanted to think about on this that I thought would, would like it quite a lot because they can play, uh, they can play low threat and quite wide, uh, or they can at higher threats. They can bring in some really powerful pieces that really like the target density that you're going to get with sword, and that's Cabal, particularly led by Sin. So you've got a cheaper leader. You've got the possibility of like a double push going on, so that you can push them away with Sin's leadership and then push them away with the sword push, so that you can get some characters really quite far away. 
So I thought that was another one that's worth mentioning. And then, like I said, at higher threats, bringing in a MODOK to target all the people who are hanging around this central C-shape. Uh, that seems really good. Yeah, they've got an affiliated Enchantress. Then it's also a relatively close together. So all those rapid fire Cabal characters are just going to be able to chew through other inexpensive characters. I think I think Cabal could be a big threat there. Yeah. All right. Well, which one next, Jacob? Oh. Yeah, let's, let's talk Gamma Wave. So an old classic. So we're up to 15 threat now. And uh, of course, we've got to bring up Wakanda. So I think it's relatively well documented why Wakanda are good on them. All of the pushes means that you're really threatening a turn three win so long as there's any kind of even moderately speedy uh, extract. So as long as you're ev- even something like Montessi formula, but anything with three, four, five extract pieces on the, on the table, those VPs available, then they're threatening to go like a, a six, five, five, in some combination set of turns in order to uh in order to get to that 16 at the end of round three yeah i agree wakanda is still a, a huge threat on wakanda on gamma wave almost said on wakanda wave <laughs> well uh we're gonna see less of the classic wakanda wave 15 but they've got plenty of good options as long as you've got control options in your roster which they're, they're almost certainly going to be bringing then i think that seems really good uh, and for a similar reason, with all the, the, the pulls and stuff that they've got going on, Web Warriors, although they can sometimes take a bit more time to get going, so the, the tempo threat isn't quite as strong, but they're still very good at uh, that positioning game. And so moving people off the the um, gamma points and scoring them, threatening something like Gwen double long moves and then pull someone off the back gamma, that's, that's a real threat you've got to manage the whole game because she's going to be in and around the middle. Um, yeah, I think that's really good. Yep, I agree with that. Well, I also want to throw in here, um, I think Black Order is worth mentioning for for Gamma Wave. Black Order, again, not hating the 15th thread. Obviously, this depends on exactly which version of Thanos you're going to run. But I still like mine Thanos a lot, even if you don't run a second gem on him. And Black Order, when there's only three spots they have to worry about for secures, that really helps their three character count. So I still think... Black Order is a big threat on this particular crisis. Is that something that you agree with, Jacob? <laughs> to, to an extent. Um, I think double gem Thanos, you can still put a character like Bullseye or you know maybe even Rocket as your two threats to round out your team. Um, or Toad, it, yeah. Yeah, it's, it, to, yeah, it could be Toad to do the extract game. Um, so I, I don't think even if you're doing double gem Thanos, that's necessarily bad, except for the fact that one of the issues you've got with Gamma is it's just a really swingy crisis. Um, it's possible that you just roll some dice and lose because your character doesn't manage to kill that character and then they're going to outscore you and then they can run away with the game. One of the things Black Order wants to try and do is to try and limit the scoring so that it's sort of relatively low and that means that the attrition has got more time to be effective. What Gamma does is it forces their attrition to work first time because if they have you know, a moderate turn or a bad turn, then the game can just run away from them. So... I, th- I totally understand the rationale you're you're giving, but you'd want to pair that with a, a particularly slow extract in order for that to pan out the way you're describing. It does often seem like with Gamma Wave more and more, it's like there's affiliations that are really good at it, but they kind of want to be controlling the extract. They kind of just want someone else to drop Gamma Wave into them. Yeah, yeah. I and so I'm, I'm not sure it's one that, in the in like our future world of crisis selection, how many people want to bring Gamma Wave for themselves and are selecting it? You know, want to choose secures, want to get Gamma Wave, and then have their opponent choose extract. Like, how often is that going to happen? And I'm not sure mm. how much it's going to. Yep. Uh, so I think there's sort of a word of caution on Gamma Wave, um, especially competitive. If you're thinking about competitive play, you're often looking for consistency. And uh, maybe some of these factions can get that you know good matchup without the the randomness of gamma wave. Yep, indeed. Okay, so cosmic invasion. Um, this one, because it came out around the same time as Spider Portals, because of the delayed Miles release. But this is the one that came with Thanos, I believe, and it's the sixteen threat D shaped, uh, not a pay to flip, but it's the one where. Um, some characters can get a uh, can get portaled away and get extra power. Mm. Um, I think in particular, though, Web Warriors really shines in this one. Um, 
this is they like the D shapes, they like extra power generation. Multiple of their characters can get back onto points reasonably well, especially after gaining power, so that extra movement doesn't really hurt them as much. 16 yep. threats very easy for them. Um Web Warriors just loves cosmic invasion. Yeah, uh, I can't disagree with that at all. Uh, another one that I always think of when I think of this kind of shape, though, is Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean, you kind of touched on it in Sword. What you tend to get on the D shapes is a lot of one-on-ones or two-on-twos or two-on-ones. And Guardians feel like they're, most of them have got the tools they need to win their one-on-one matchups. Um, They've also got, especially now with their re-rolls, you can make sure make, it makes it more reliable for it to happen where you need it to happen. Yeah, so I, quite like I agree. Yeah, Guardians also, there's a lot, of, like Star-Lord now having hit and run, he gets hurt a whole lot less by that portal away, right? He can still off, generally shoot someone who's on the point and hit and run back onto the point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just solid for them. And pff, Angela can often get back on points too, like, Lots of lots of good tech in there for Guardians. The third one for this one was a little interesting. Um, I settled into Spider-Foes because, again, kind of for some of the same reasons as Guardians. Like, they have access to a fair amount of hit and run. Um, they like extra power generation. And they have a lot of characters who can do pretty well in one-on-one matchups. Like, a lot of their characters are pretty durable, and you kind of almost have to gang up on them to take them down. Um what do you think about spider foes on Cosmic Invasion? Uh, who are you including in your spider foes? I guess that's the question. Are you going uh, towards Carnage? You know me. I'm I'm always a bit more control. Carnage is probably not my first grab, but I could see him on this crisis. See, I think maybe I'm, I don't. I think he's he wants a bit more target density to get the maximum out of him. So. If you're a Carnage player, if, if you're playing Spider-Foes because you want to throw Carnage people, and I know there's plenty of people out there who love their Carnage, and Carnage does good work, I'm not convinced this is the right crisis for him. Yeah, Carnage definitely wasn't my wasn't my first grab. Um, but they've got good mobility. They've got a lot of uh, 50 mil medium movers uh, knocking around. So I think it depends exactly. But then they've also got some slower people like Mysterio and um, and Venom to an extent as well. I mean, Venom can pull people in and that kind of ameliorates his slowness a little bit. But Jacob, well, yeah, I think I agree with you on those points. Um, again, I think this is a really interesting one, probably one that's a little less played than some of the others, but I still think it's a very quality crisis. Um, I do think if you want to play more of the the other spiders, other spider foes, uh, other spiders, too many spider affiliations. <laughs> um, if you like Green Goblin, and I think Mysterio is solid here. Um, Lizard can tank up a point. Um, Mysterio is really good. Um, you just got to be careful with not getting him out of position. But if he ends up on a crisis by himself, he's probably okay with that. So, all right. Um, Move on to Mayor Fisk. Yeah, let's do it. So this is one where, again, you're going to get two sort of clumps of, of density of, of, uh, of threats. So there's a number of people who might like that. So it's quite difficult to pick out some that particularly benefited from it. But uh, one that you might consider is Brotherhood. And they've got a couple of things going for them. Um, number one, you've got when you've got Magneto popping off, he's got lots of people to, uh, to target. And uh, that, that can be really strong having just that range and choice of, of uh, threats. And there's going to be easy for him to start making some really strong attacks. Uh, the other thing is they've got some of the best redeployment. So once Magneto's done on one side and has blown up and used all the terrain on one side around uh, one of the, um, one of the witnesses, then he can teleport himself over to the other side and start doing it on the other side. So you can dominate one and then um, and then go to the other side and dominate the other. The stuns that you get off it, you can mitigate that to an extent because of the uh, power generation that comes from the leadership. So that only ever hands out one power at a time, and so that's never limited by the stuns that you might have on the characters. So there's there's quite a good, quite a decent amount of synergy there. Yep, and if I recall, Magneto's. Um power generation from the um his like terrain placement are all separate so like the stun mm. doesn't do very much to him unless he's taking damage yep um which i mean it's, it's a shame not to get the damage oh well it'll also do it on his uh builder if you get if you yes. do get stun on magneto um but again good positioning you should be okay to keep 
maybe Magneto just outside and have some of the cheaper Brotherhood characters are the ones who are in there getting stunned. And the rest of Brotherhood's really fast for the most part. Even Toad is a medium, but they've got multiple three long movers affiliated. Not to say you're going to play Sabretooth a ton, but basically their whole team could get over to the other side faster than I think an average team could. Yeah, I think that's probably true. And they do, and you can move them closer together, so you can start bringing the um, the witnesses closer to you as well. If you're not winning on one side. Yep, agreed. All right, who else do you like? Uh, again, teams that like that threat saturation. Another one that springs to mind is A Force. Uh, just something like Angela dropping off She Hulk on them and making a bunch of high quality attacks. That feels really strong. Um, it means you can commit hard to one side um, and, and try and leverage that for to, to completely control it. And then you kind of don't care about the other side. You can almost refuse that flank, and so long as the extract game is not going hideously against you. So this is where you know exactly the extract pairing makes a difference. But if you can get something like parity on extracts, or even a slight advantage, which again, a force have got good tricks to do that, uh, then you, I think that that can be a, a way to to go with this crisis. I agree with that. I almost always go. The whenever someone throws this at me, I don't think I've had any team where I'm like, I am going to choose Mayor Fisk. That seems like a good idea for me. And then whenever someone drops it into me, I almost always go heavy on one side and or like try to deploy very centrally and then pick a side at some point during round one. That's like, this is the side I'm going to go all in on. Um, That has tend to work out better for me. Mm. Um, So I do think it's worth mentioning Criminal Syndicate, obviously. I think this is one that whenever this crisis comes up, people like Criminal Syndicate, you know, and they can just, like, gang up on these little points. Um, They definitely don't love stun. That's definitely not their favorite ability to uh, get get penalized with. But they're still very strong on it. It would be very easy for Criminal Syndicate to get an advantage here. And Kingpin's immune to it, so that's some natural benefit there. Yep. Um, I have seen people run um, uh, Criminal Syndicate with Hulk on this particular crisis for, again, mm-hmm. additional stun immunity. And he's always on his healthy side and he can throw people off pretty easily. Um, but you got to be careful if Hulk gets ganged up on. And uh, Juggernaut, who's maybe not out yet in, in a lot of places, but he's immune to stun too, isn't he? when he comes out and I he's got some natural synergies with criminal syndicate. Yep. I like but, it. I mean, it's the well, first time like that criminal syndicate's word. come up. So I, I guess we should talk a little bit more about them because you could make a strong argument for criminal syndicate on any of these apart from the pater flips. Cause they've got that natural kind of game plan. We're only going to be bringing them in, in places that we think maybe they really, really shine. But I think you could make us an argument for them on nearly anywhere. Uh, like Gamma Wave, you could make a strong argument for Criminal Syndicate there for similar reasons to what we talked about, just dominating points and going really fast. Yeah, I think when I was going through this list, I tried to think about not just who would potentially take the crisis, because then you could easily have a six or seven affiliation list for every single one of these, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And more, I was like, okay, who has an advantage on this crisis playing against someone else who would consider taking the crisis. And so that tried to, that kind of helped me narrow it down a little bit um, to, to pick out some answers, but I will, I will say this has been a very, very interesting challenge for me going through this and picking affiliations and so seeing how some of my, like, which show up more often and that sort of thing has surprised me a little bit, but it's been, it's been fun. Maybe it's just I really enjoyed the idea of looking forward to recording with Jacob again. That might also be the thing. All right. Well, let's talk deadly meteors. So this this is quickly becoming an ominous crisis. Yep. <laughs> I see other people say this is like the worst crisis in the game. I'm like, this is my favorite. Um, well, uh, I think this is this is Asgard's crisis. This might as well be like practically affiliated for them. Um they handle tanking up the middle very well. Um, they're, they have lots of characters that fit in really strong in the pay-to-flip plan. Um, and I think one thing that I see people get wrong with the pay-to-flips 
um, at times is just because even if your plan is control and you're like, I'm focused on the pay to flips, there will often be points when the dice doesn't always go your way and you're going to have to get key dazes and stuff in. And one of the things that makes Asgard so good in this is that when people are bringing their energy defense characters, that tends to mean slightly lower physical. Like if you look at characters like Ghost Rider and Ronin, um, Captain Marvel, Miss Marvel, there's a ton of characters that hit that four energy defense, but that don't have four physical. And most mm. of the attacks in Asgard are physical. And you've and got so good it, throw options as well. Yeah, so you end up with this, like, double penalty where, like, almost all of your characters can throw. They mostly do physical attacks, and your opponent is bringing energy defense. So if you are losing the pay-to-flip game, it's probably because they have enough energy defense that they're winning more times than they're losing. But then that gives you, that kind of naturally gives you an attrition way to play out of it. And... And so that's one of the things that kind of, it just wraps all into this one package. And the fact that Deadly Meteors damages you when you roll skulls, but Asgard can heal it back. Like, there's just a lot to like there. Um, but anyone who's listens to Omnus Protocol probably already knows why Asgard is good there. Yeah. Um, I will say Dark Dimension has been one that started has started to concern me. It's pretty easy for Dark Dimension to build a pretty strong team here. Um, Dormammu's good in it. Um Downside is he does have his primary attack is energy, which isn't as great, but it just hits so damn hard. Um, it's uh, and the fact that he can give two power generation to any of his characters, and they're just such a scary attrition team that even if he doesn't focus fully on the pay to flips, he can kind of commit to two spots, but like attrition anyone who comes in. There's just some really good outs for them. Um, I, I just like Dark Dimension or. At least I'm a little scared of Dark Dimension on Deadly Meteors. Mm. Uh, an, an interesting one, which I've started thinking about since I spoke to Morgan Reed about this on uh, our, uh, on Danger Room's uh, ex- Christmas episodes, was looking at Brotherhood on pay to flips. And this is probably the best pay to flip for them. This is one they, they want the most because you've got people bunched up. So you've got target saturation. Um, uh, you've got people bringing energy defense. So there's like slightly lower physical and there's a lot of physical attacks in brotherhood. So a lot of similarities to Asgard and they've got that power generation from their throw train in order to kind of get that Asgard esque two power turn. So th- there's a lot of similarities there, I think. Yeah. I, it wasn't something that had immediately clicked for me, but I will say I, I loved that, uh, that Morgan Reed interview. As soon as you guys announced that particular series of episodes in my heart of hearts. I was hoping that you were going to do Morgan Reed brotherhood. And I, but I was a little worried that you might choose him for Avengers since obviously he's TTS champion playing Avengers. So props on choosing the brotherhood. I really wanted to hear his <laughs> thoughts. So well, thank you. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I think brotherhood is one that may not seem like what, you know, with, especially with how I've talked about, deadly meteors in the past you may not think that that's a natural place for brotherhood but you got to realize a lot of rosters and the sort of teams that stuff that people would build you know, again you're not building in a vacuum and just going oh brotherhood is good on this crisis it's when you're factoring in what your opponent is going to bring and how they're going to um choose stuff for this crisis and where that's going to put their characters um it's a it's a good spot and also like Keep in mind, if a character who only generates one power goes up and uses a pay to flip, then they don't have any power and then they can't brace round one. Yep. And so there's little things like that 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 can throw things into Brotherhood's favor. You're like, oh, well, now I teleport up Magneto and you don't have any power. So, you know, suck this size four first, then, yeah. Hmm. Okay. Um, Four power round one on Magneto is not impossible, but it's hard hard to get there. Yeah, well, I mean... Build your team right. You need to have two other throwers who are going to do that. Yeah. I mean, he can can double move up, have someone eat the throw, and then he gets power out of it so he can still interact. Like, there's... Yep. There are situations. All right, well, which crisis do you want to do next? Uh, Let's talk Infinity Formula. Okay. And this is one where I want to cash in my criminal syndicate chip. Uh, I've been <laughs> limited by how many times I'm allowed to mention them. Um, and this is one that I think they are really good on. Um, 
The reason being, I think it's one of the ones where they are find it easiest to try and threaten to score all four secures in round one. Uh, it's not impossible when you get uh, either a long mover, uh, ideally with uh, some kind of movement shenanigans, uh, or like uh, web floor or flight, uh, or you get a medium mover with a 50 millimeter base. So Lizard is a brilliant example there. He's got web crawler and he's got, so he's not going to be able to stoppable. He can be deployed on opposite one of those two um, wide, far uh, corridors you're going to play in. And then your long movers, Black Cat being an affiliated one, but there's a, a whole plethora. You could take Black Widow, you could take, uh, I mean, you could take Crystal. There's a whole bunch of characters that fit this really well. Um, wasp even. lizard. I mean, he's not a long mover, but he can still get there. Sure, because of the fifty millimeter base. So he, yeah. you can't. Uh, if you put him right in the middle, I don't think he can get to them. I think you need to put him offset. Yes, uh, he can't go in the middle. And still in the middle, get they both. can threaten either of them. Hey, and Angela's a good fit in Criminal Syndicate too. Like, I don't hate her there either. She can get wherever yeah. she wants. I mean, she might not fit in the roster because they've got some other five threats they're looking at including in the near future. So but, but it's a valid point. <laughs> I wonder what you're implying, Jacob. Um, but no, I actually, I am surprised at how often Criminal Syndicate players don't bring Infinity Formula. It also, one of their problems, uh, anyone who's played Criminal Syndicate knows, is that they don't generate power particularly well. And so getting free power so that, you know, Kingpin throw is online better and you know, it just makes everything smooth out a whole lot for them. Yep. No, I think it's, I think it's a great crisis for them. But that, that B shape as well, um, we can go back, go back and it feels like the, the beginning of the game again. Uh, Cabal doing that two corridor, Red Skull supporting a beast on one side and something else going on on the other side with one of the options that you're going with. You could go control on the other side with like a, an Enchantress or a, a Loki or something where you're just uh, frustrating them and annoying them uh, and then beating them down on the other side, having that, that double corridor cabal. And then with the extra power on top of the power they get from their attacks, suddenly power is flushed with power. You're getting all sorts of spenders, all sorts of superpowers going on and some really big tactics cards like Follow Me um so i think that's another another great pick for for this crisis yeah i agree i i think can you imagine cabal back in the day with enchantress on top of the modok shenanigans yeah that's yeah that back would have been crazy as well yeah yeah and i'm i'm surprised we're not seeing more of it now i've actually been thinking about cabal a bit recently um I think it was actually after listening to a uh, Strike Better episode got me just kind of like got me in a in a cabal zone, but um, yeah, I I still think they're very good here, and I still think they like the Infinity Formula setup, and they've got such a diverse roster of characters now. They can do some really interesting things, and having some characters that have like the offensive capability and the ability to move characters, like we're already talking about a core of. Uh, Red Skull, Modok, Enchantress, right? And all three of those characters can move characters. <laughs> like, so even when we were talking about like Criminal Syndicate coming in and wanting to like try to score the, the enemy point as well, having some ability to move characters right away is pretty key. So, but uh, yeah, I think, I think it's still worth mentioning that Wakanda loves Infinity Formula. Um, it might be my first choice for them. I know that in some people's minds that might be Gamma Wave, um, but Gamma Wave is so spiky, um, and it can it can create situations where just like having your opponent's offensive dice spike at a key moment could just cost you the game anyway. Um, we've seen that happen in TTS finals, so yep, uh, it, it certainly happens. But Infinity Formula works pretty well into the Wakanda game plan. You get a lot of work out of Shuri. Um, it's, I is even, I put Killmonger on the table recently and despite him, he didn't roll bad, but I had him charge into Scarlet Witch and her defense dice were off the chain. Hmm. <laughs> um, I think over the two attacks, even with like four Shuri rerolls mixed in and multiple Wakanda rerolls mixed in, I did like two damage. And again, I didn't roll bad. It's just her defense was great. She was kept getting multiple crits and then multiple skulls. And so it was just like, it was like three to five defense against each attack. 
but that's still like a kind of a good spot for Killmonger. He got attacked and got dazed, which set me up to usurp the throne on her the next round. Um, and so it, even if you want to play Killmonger, he can work in to Infinity Formula really well. And even if he well, picks I, up an extra. Yeah, I think he's really good on Infinity Formula because when I've played Killmonger, it's always been like, man, he's just not quite got enough power to do the charge and then pay for you to throw in on the first attack, which he kind of needs to do in order to make it all work. And just that little bit of extra power can go a really long way with him. Yeah, I do think you want to often keep in mind how far forward he needs to be to be able to charge and be on the the enemy's infinity formula afterwards. That was something I had forgotten about the last time I played it, and my charge didn't quite get me close enough that he was um, threatening to score the one on my, my enemy's side. But l- the little things. But again, I still think Wakanda is very good there. And all of the characters, that all the unaffiliated fours and stuff they would bring in at 17, Enchantress, Voodoo, Vision, like all of these characters are good on Infinity Formula. Hmm. Where do you want to go next? Um, why don't you... Let's see. Uh, I guess... Oh, yeah, this is me now. Um, let's do Extremist Console, the other 17. Um, uh-huh. To me, this this screams Web Warriors. Uh, whenever I do put Web Warriors on the table, I love, I love Extremist Console. Because even if they are taking damage, then usually I can use that as an excuse to start healing the spiders back up. Um, they're, they're advantaged in the D setup because of their speed. Um, they can often survive a lot of one-on-one matchups. Um, they can create really awkward spots for people where they can just constantly be moving people off points. Um, and it's too spread out for people to take a lot of advantage over their, their, all the synergy attrition teams like Black Order and such, um, can, can struggle to like really get all of their combos and stuff going. So I love Web Warriors here. Um, I will say I'm surprised that I don't see Avengers more often on Extremist console. I think they also do really well in a lot of one-on-one matchups. They have a lot of characters that are surprisingly tanky for their threat value, and they can kind of redeploy really fast. There's a lot of a lot of very fast Avengers now, and you have access to Avengers Assemble and Sam's leadership. Um, and there's just a lot to like here for for Avengers. Um, it doesn't have like, it's not something where I think Avengers get some huge advantage, but I feel like even if you were playing against web warriors, I feel like Avengers could hold their own with them better than a lot of other affiliations would on this crisis. But I imagine that there's a crisis, there's a, an affiliation that you've been playing that you might like on this crisis. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to cash in again, my, uh, my second criminal, criminal syndicate chip. Um, uh, the D shape uh, can work really well for them, but the, the reason they're better on this, uh, better on this than they are on the uh, on the, uh, the what's it called the the one we had before the the Black Order invasion. Yeah, the cosmic invasion. Cosmic invasion. There we go. Um, is because of the healing, so it's helping keep those characters who are particularly good on their healthy side on their healthy side by stopping them from flipping over. So you get some tanky characters like Kingpin's a great example. It's really difficult to take him down in one set of attacks. Then almost doesn't matter what the character is. You need to have multiple attacks and then that gives an opportunity for someone to come in and heal him. Um, and something I see people forgetting a lot is it's not just healing yourself. You can pay to heal any character within two of that console. So, um, I forget that can come in, even if Kingpin's activated, uh, and you can still heal him up. Do you think on this one, do you usually move Kingpin towards one of the center line ones? I've seen a lot of people leave Kingpin on like their back point in situations like this, and he can be really slow to get somewhere else afterwards. I think I'd rather have him in the middle. What are, what are your thoughts on that? I think it depends what you're playing against. Um, I did, I did want to pick up a little bit. You said you thought maybe Black Order find it hard to get going on this. I think with Cosmic Portal and Mind Gem, Thanos can reach from one and pull someone in from another one relatively easily. He moves, brings them in, and, and they're going to be almost in range of Corvus um, as, as, as they are with, uh, with the place and the movement, especially if Corvus is starting with a death blow. So if he's already eaten someone and then has generated some power, uh, I think... 
Black Order are pretty fine on on D shapes. I, I don't think they struggled that much at all. But um, yeah, I, so I wasn't saying that they struggled to get going. I was just saying you you can often keep some of their synergy a little harder to make use of since it's so spread out. But no, I don't think Black yeah, Order's bad I mean, on it. It's a big decision for the Black Order player. Do they keep Corvus and Proxima together, or do they use Proxima as sort of a runaround character? Um, or there's less of a problem if you're playing a, a different threat value. But um, it's it's an interesting one. Even even then, do you keep that fourth threat, like if you're playing at 17, do you keep that fourth threat uh, close to Thanos in order to benefit from Cosmic Portal and um, Death's Degree? So it's, it's certainly one that... Uh, you need to have practiced a bit as a Black Order player in order to know exactly what to do when. Um, and it is, Yeah, more more so, finesse. Otherwise, you could very yeah. easily like lose out on some VPs that you would need to still win. Yeah, for sure. So I'm not saying it's a slam dunk for Black Order either, but I think it's it's perfectly playable if you've got the experience. Um, but is there a bad crisis for Black Order? <laughs> like, uh, is there one that's actually bad for them? I mean, in terms of secures, sure. probably one of the worst is Mutant Madman. Um, it's not a shape yeah. they love, and you're bringing higher physical defenses typically. Um, you can sort of make Black Order waste activations by playing the run around a bit better because you can more easily move from point to point. Uh, yep. I would agree yeah. with that. But I guess my but, overall point is, is like compared to a lot of affiliations where you clearly have some secures you want to avoid, it doesn't feel... Black Order's weaknesses don't feel as weak yeah. As when we're talking about other affiliations. Yeah, I can see that. Okay, so did we cover everything for Extremists? That was all three? Yeah, I think so. Should we move on to Spider Portals? Yeah, let's do it. So this is the D-shaped pay-to-flip. Uh, and so yeah. because it's a pay-to-flip, of course, we're going to talk about Asgard, and it's another one that uses energy as well. Um, I think probably they don't like it quite as much as Meteors, but I think they like it just fine. Yeah, they still they tank up really well. Like on the, it's it's a lot harder to take down the characters, but they it's harder for them to get the that really like strong scoring. The three to zero, I think Asgard often gets like three to one, but then there can be occasionally two to twos. So it's it's a game where Asgard has to last longer, but at the same time, they when there's when the armies are so spread out it's easy for asgard to last that long so mm. yeah i definitely think it's it's a good one for them and again um you, you could have could have talked about brotherhood here but i think the shape they don't like as much um but another one we mentioned before dark dimension again very similar reasons um and dormammu's fast enough and got got the range that he can move from one to another on the D shape and start impacting another one relatively easily with his teleportation and then his big, uh, big attacks. He's not going to be struggling for targets unless you're really, really far away from him. Yeah. And he's got the self place too. So like he can, he can get, I mean, he can place himself move and then like then get over to another one and still like make an attack. And like, there's a lot of characters that his attacks can one shot. And so yeah. he's just, he's just scary. Um, all right, who else do we like here? Or let's see, you covered Asgard and Dark Dimension. All right, I'll throw out. Um, I still think Avengers are solid here. Um, I'm not sure how many people have gotten in games with Miss Marvel yet. She's so good on the the pay to flips. It's it's really kind of perfect for her, especially you know um, in a Sam team. Um, but I don't actually hate. Um, uh, like even a Hulkbuster or a Steve build for something like this, I think can still both work out just fine. Um, I think Avengers have a lot of characters that kind of like meet the the niche of what you're going for here. Um, pretty durable characters. Like I know Iron Man doesn't have a four energy defense. Um, um, I guess Iron Man, I don't love here as much as I love him on Mutant Mad Men, but I still think Avengers handle the spread pretty well. Um, Sam is just a, such a great universally strong character. He can like reposition, go after a different one between charges. Like he can long move and then charge and still potentially push someone off a point. Um, maybe not a first choice for them, but they still feel like they could hang with the big boys. 
Can I cycle back something you said, which was sure. that Miss Marvel's good on pater flips. Now, I can see she's got four energy defense, but uh, beyond that, why is it that she particularly likes this one? Um, so obviously she's got the four energy defense, but then she also has a physical um, attack. And so it's the nice synergy with I can do well on the energy flip, but then I have a physical attack that's going to probably be a little bit more successful. She's got a reroll to help her give off the push. She's got a throw and the she's got a defensive reroll. So she's a little bit more tanky than you would think. And if someone does spike damage into her with her with the um, I forget what the ability is called, but like the embiggen, um she can like re she can like move herself a lot and like get to different points. Um, I just think mm-hmm. she's a really strong three, which is often key to like find some key three threat characters that help you get to um, a higher character count. Um, I've yep. just found Miss Marvel overall performs very well. And since she doesn't have a, a builder, she has a gainer. So um, she can often like get to, she has guaranteed ways of getting the power that she needs. Yeah. It's range four as well, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, okay. when you've got a throw, you've got a push on your, your attack. Like, there's just a lot to like there. Mm-hmm. I think she's a character that over the course of the next year, people, well, I still think most players are attrition players, but I think a lot of people are going to come around to uh, just how good Miss Marvel is. Mm. Well, okay. Uh, um, well, let's talk Mutant Mad Men. This was one um, that I've played a lot. It's one of the more played pay to flips, I think, because I saw even at the, um, um, what was it? Was it Nashcon? I'm trying to remember uh-huh. the name of that convention. Was yeah. that it? Yep. Um, I know there was at least one Avengers player who like was forcing mutant madmen with Sam Avengers. Um, and I've seen people talk about him with spider foes. There's been a lot of people that have been actually like playing this one. Um, and I think it's a, it can seem a little easier to build around, but what I found is a lot of the four physical defense characters are also all physical attacks. And I found they can really struggle. Like I remember playing war machine on this crisis and feeling like war machine just didn't do anything. Like I was like, Oh, he doesn't have any superpowers. I have to worry about spending power on. So any power generation can easily go towards flipping. He's got flight, but Every time I need him to do any attacks, like he's just always attacking super tanky characters and just like the five dice were just like doing nothing. Um, and that's something that I don't think people think about enough on this one. Um, so I, it was interesting. I can't like the first, I was trying to think of who is actually advantaged here. And I was having a really hard time. And I think Jacob, you probably thought I would go Asgard. Um, um Yeah would have would have been your initial thought and i do usually play them but at the same time i find when things aren't quite going their way they have a harder time digging out of it in this one because there's so many physical attacks and now everybody has high physical defense um and because of its setup it's a little bit easier for some of this the attrition synergy teams like black order and that sort of thing to like still have key characters together or you know I know, again, we talked about it not necessarily being perfect for them, but it's it's hard to make it worse for your opponent. Um, so I eventually settled into, I actually think Dark Dimension is the best affiliation at Mutant Mad Men. And this was after like probably way more thinking than you would imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Dormammu fits in there really nicely as high physical defense plus an energy attack. And so he he works in and then giving everyone two power um you end up with he can bring in a lot of like really crazy good characters on this crisis and it would be very easy for him to build like he likes iron man iron man is great here for physical defense energy attacks with pushes and relatively tanky in his flight and with dormammu he can you know because round one, you might not go for more than two, but you can like set things up to like still start softening up your opponent and getting in range attacks on them. Um, and man, Rogue in Dark Dimension on this crisis is also mm-hmm. really good. Yeah, she's for physical defense. She can choose to do energy on her attack. She's got charge. She's got throws. It just you can like casually build a Dark Dimension team that's just fucking great on this crisis. 
Um, I guess that but, segues into talking about X-Men because X-Men is full of characters with four physical defense. Um, plus you've got uh, first class that means that you can get that kind of one turn of Asgardian-ness where you can go and get your extracts for free and still go and interact with the secure. So you get a little bit of an advantage in round one. Um, so they, they're not quite happy with pay to flips and this is probably the pay to flip they like the best. Yeah, and it was I remember when I was building a an X-Men team on um on Fury's Finest, we actually settled into like focusing on Mutant Madmen as being like the crisis that they would force. And I still potentially like that. And I was not expecting when I was going to go through this that I thought that X-Men might be one of the better affiliations here, but especially with the addition of Rogue I, yeah. I mean, I'm going to assume that Rogue gets X-Men affiliation. I'd be really surprised if she didn't. I, I think um, it's pretty much a dead sir. Yeah. Yeah. Rogue is amazing here. Um, it's a solid crisis for Storm because her ability to hand out cover is going to be pretty solid. Um, mm -hmm. And she's an energy attacker, even though she's got the four energy defense. Um, I still think she works out fine here. Um Cyclops is actually pretty good on this. Again, four physical defense, but he's got an energy attack. Um, and he I mean, I still love a little buff to Cyclops. Yeah, and yeah. he's getting his field leader paid for more easily. Um, yeah. Obviously, you've got access to Beast, um, who I still think is a solid three in here, even though he gets stuck in the... Um, is going to probably have a little harder time than usual building power. But because he can get power off of just interacting with the peta flips occasionally he will get power back and like so sometimes interacting for him is free and mm -hmm. um and he's he's got a great throw he's very mobile he's not tanky but he's not fragile either so you don't often hate moving him up onto your opponents um and like oh, i'll throw someone off and interact kind of mid-game um can be a good play for them and then you just got to kind of bring in the right um, unaffiliated characters to kind of round that out. Um, but I do think overall X-Men can be very, very good here. So is there anyone else you like on Mutant Madman? Um, yeah, I know you wanted me to bring this one up. Uh, <laughs> and you were very surprised. Again, I put probably way more thought into this one than you would imagine. But I was thinking about it, and I kind of liked Defenders here, which probably surprised Jacob when he saw my list. Um, cause I was really going through the different affiliations, trying to go, who's, who's strong on this. And, uh, I will admit it was probably one of the last ones that I filled out cause I was kind of struggling with this one, mm -hmm. but obviously Dr. Strange, while not having four physical, he does have three physical and he, you know, he has a, uh, he has an energy attack that can push people off. So Dr. Strange is just a generally good character, for no one's ever going to be upset that Doctor Strange is affiliated for them because he's just so good. Um, but one of the things that I liked about Defenders is the ability for like any of those strong physical defense characters to potentially be able to flex into non-physical attacks was something that I potentially liked for them. Um, and then their portals could set up to like help them send characters to the other side. Um, so while I don't think I'm not sure it's good enough that I would say that defenders players should go out there and force it, I do think it'd be pretty easy to build a defenders team that can handle this one reasonably well. Yeah, uh, I'm going to disagree with you here. So probably one of the few disagreements we'll have. Um, I don't feel that this is particularly good for defenders. Defenders, given that you're bringing Strange, you want to be thinking about how you're maximizing his synergies, which is often having people near Strange. So a more sort of, uh, I think of classically like the C or the E shapes, what I tend to think of when I think of defenders. Um, I yeah, Strange is five threat invested who doesn't who doesn't particularly excel at flipping these because of his three uh three physical. I mean it's he's not well, bad at them, but he's he's not great. Uh the the leadership, I can kinda see where you're going with that, but yeah, it seems like a marginal benefit. It doesn't feel like 
either that def- this is the best for defenders or that defenders are the best on this to me. I think I, if you if we're going three for each, I think I probably would bring in, yeah, Asgard or um, possibly Brotherhood. Maybe maybe I'd edge Asgard over Brotherhood here because um, Brotherhood again you're going to get slightly higher physical defenses and so their throws are not going to be as impactful potentially. Um, it's possible, but, and I yeah. might be over overthinking this one. Um, it feels feels a little bit like you're like, hmm, where shall I put defenders? <laughs> well, that actually, I can tell you, it definitely wasn't that. It wasn't me trying to find a spot to slot in defenders, but I could see why you would think that. Um, I really wasn't holding myself while I was making this to feel like I had to slot in someone, like find a spot for someone anywhere. Um, but I was just kind of like going through the different character lists and um, kind of seeing like who I thought could like kind of meet all of my different criteria for this. And um, maybe at some point I'll put defenders on the table and try this out and see if it's something that um, like works in the way that it was thinking in my head or if it just ends up like maybe it's just the defenders aren't terribly strong at the moment, period. Mm. But they've got such a good affiliation, like their rosters still looks really good. So I'll but try uh, out maybe a different one just for a bit of variety. What about how do we feel about spider foes on here? We've got a lot of high four and five uh, physical defense characters. We've got a lot of range three attacks, which means that you can, um, you know, the, the move attack is much more impactful. Uh, yeah, how, how does that strike you? This is what I see brought up a lot where people like, because they see so many characters with high physical defense, um, but then like, all of those characters except Goblin, basically, are all physical attacks. And most of them like having their own power. You know, like, Carnage really wants to hit the key numbers where he can use his cards and, you know, paint the town red and that sort of thing. Like, Venom really often needs to be able to pull someone in or use Lethal Protector. So if he's interacting, he can get real rough. And then Goblin can't interact with these if he gets flipped. Yep, and that's true. Yeah, and so I this is one where I see a lot of people say they like spider foes on this one, and I've tried it a lot um, because I like playing pay to flips, but I've I've seen myself get into a lot of trap situations um, in this one where I think they're fine. Um, I don't think it's necessarily bad for them, and if you if it's a situation where your your opponents still aren't planning for pay to flips, this can feel advantage. But I feel like. Anytime your opponent's roster has plans for pay to flips, I don't think spider foes are going to come out on top of that most of the time. Got to, got to get a little tip of the hat there. Trap situations just uh, snuck in there. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not intentional, but I don't mind it. All right. Should we move on uh, to which... talk about Demons Downtown? Yeah, let's do it. So Demons Downtown, now you could pick a pick an uh, attrition-focused affiliation, and it's basically what what we're looking at at Demons. So um, Black Order is an obvious one. Uh, I don't know we need to talk hugely about that. They've got some nice synergies in that because they've got a lot of innate damage reduction and the invulnerability type ability, that they can handle the reduced defense better than most other affiliations can because they've still got that kind of built baked-in tankiness. Um mm-hmm. That's well established. I don't think we need to spend ages talking about that. Um, but then other sort of newer newcomers to this, um, Convocation's a great one uh, because Convocation, if you're running Convocation, you're almost certainly running Voodoo, who's immune to Incinerate. And often with an attrition-focused team, you're happy with just one of the three, and then they can go and get incinerated on two of their characters so that you can then go and beat them up. So you go a little bit behind on VP, but then that, you're going to try and leverage that uh, that effect to get an attrition advantage. Well, and I mean, Ghost Rider's immune to incinerate, and Blade can shake incinerate if he's activating first. He can just spend one and shake it to try to like mitigate some of that. Like they just they have a lot they they suffer from the incinerate a lot less than a lot of affiliations. Sure, you've kind of uh, segued into Midnight Suns there, but I guess the same thing's true. You're not really going to take Midnight oh, yeah. Suns without you said, uh, said complication first. Yeah. But um, I guess that that's true. Uh, another, just on convocation, another fun thing you can do is you can um, use Stranger's Portal to portal people on the, to a point that they're already holding, so that they get incinerated. So you can get extra incinerates. That's quite good fun. Yep, well, lots to. Yeah, this was a, again a hard one because I think so many people play it, and so it was really hard to like step back and go, okay, well, who who outside of just going. 
I like an attrition focused crisis who specifically would like demons. Like if there was a, even a larger variety of crisis and, you know, I think some of the attrition teams, if you had other variations of demons that did slightly different things, um, this one, I do think like helps convocation and helps midnight suns maybe a little bit more in the long run. I guess, I mean, voodoo does have one other affiliation. He is in Avengers. Uh, and I know Suna used to say a lot that um, demons, the, the Avengers were the best team on demons. So I guess we'll give a, a guest spot to Suna saying Avengers, particularly under Sam. I wonder how much that was in the all you've got meta, though, where bunching them up and then the, the beam, the beam machine uh, going off with all you've got. So maybe that's changed. Maybe that's modulated a little bit now in the in the way the game's changed. But I can still see that it's pretty strong. You've got a lot of characters, so you've got spare characters to sit on points and get incinerated who can then get that incinerate taken off them when one somebody else gets dazed using the leadership. So yeah, you know, I can definitely see it. Yeah. Yeah, I could I could certainly see it. I think I think Avengers is also one you could almost slot in anywhere, but they do have access to above average amount of characters that are immune to incinerate. Captain Marvel's immune to incinerate now, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. In her update. Um, I'm not sure well, if you I'm want her in a standard. A lot of rosters in Avengers, maybe, maybe that will change. Yeah. But she's she's still solid. I can see maybe if you are going to force demons or you're planning to play into demons a lot, um, maybe maybe she does have more of a place than we were considering. But yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about the other um, super attrition uh, crisis intrusions. So this one. Um, hasn't been out quite as long as demons, but this was brotherhood really stood out to me here um, as they seem to like benefit from the repositioning to like more ability to like get Magneto where he wants to be these three portals across the middle. So people aren't that um, spread out um, and it really allows you to like keep leveraging Magneto's offensive strengths but at the same time, it's not quite as close as Demons, because still, Magneto doesn't want to be ganged up on. Um, so I do have some concerns that maybe this would give your opponent too many opportunities to take him down. So maybe you want a bodyguard or something in this particular case. But um, I do like Brotherhood here. Um, also gives you, again, we've talked about with Brotherhood, his ability to move to a different spot that gives him access to other terrain continues to like keep him keep him powered up. Um, then I know we've mentioned Avengers a ton, but I think, I think I like Avengers a little bit more on intrusions than I did on demons because one, if you're does allow you to set up to like control when a daze happens to then also set you up to like move a character back onto a point or into a position for a good beam, that sort of thing. Um, I just think that they're like they have so many just strong characters for their threat value. I feel like you can really leverage that on intrusions. What are your what are your thoughts, Jacob? Yeah, uh, I think the the Magneto jumping through portals is is really really strong, uh, and they of course they've got the power generation to pay for it, so it doesn't hit them as badly as some other teams. Um, again, another one I, I keep bringing up. Actually, I've just realized how much I've been mentioning them. Spider foes. Um, having a, a beta like Venom or Carnage jump through a portal or, you know, eat something, there's nothing left for them to eat because they've blown it up, uh, and then jump through a portal to get another target, that's uh, a very strong line of play. I think particularly Carnage. So he can just decimate some weak characters and then go, well, I've got another action, I've got nothing left to do. Jumping through a portal and then making some more good attacks is is going to be a, a really strong thing for him to do they have also a lot of ways to mitigate that uh that damage too right because venom can heal himself carnage can heal himself lizard has um fat you know has fast healing right there's there's yep. lots of ways for that damage to not be as impactful on you as it would be otherwise mm, yep i completely agree okay so we just one left. Yeah, just one left. We're not tackling the uh, the new crisis just yet. We want to have more table time with it before we just do hot takes. I'll leave the hot takes to Danger Room. <laughs> um, 
So Terrigen Mists coming in at 20 threat and uh, one here that there's an obvious synergy with and by design, I suspect, is Inhumans. And that's simply because everybody who's Inhuman is immune to poison. So you're using that status effect as your difference maker. The fact that you're going to have better power economy, even better than normal uh, for Inhumans who can hand power around like candy but you're going to have the power, the base power to do it, whereas your opponent is going to be struggling for power. Um, and it means that if you're ahead, you can very much go into a, I'm not going to attack you. I'm going to do um, superpower throws to move you away, which aren't going to give you the power uh, in order for me to continue to dominate it. Yeah, I definitely like in, in humans here. I think they, they, they can be surprisingly good. I think criminal syndicate has scared some people off of playing this crisis, probably a touch more than they should. Um, but yeah, it still seems good for Inhumans. Yeah, I mean, hmm, the Criminal Syndicate one is interesting. I, I'm I've been playing some Criminal Syndicate recently, and I'm not drawn to the, either Terrigen Mists or Mayor Fisk as much as as you seem to be. Oh, I mean, I'm. Um, I think. I wonder how much of me choosing them for those slots come from just like general group think, or if they truly are better at it than other affiliations. Cause I do like your, your thought process on criminal syndicate and how you've been choosing your secures. Um, Cause honestly, I haven't lost very many games to criminal syndicate on Terrigen Mist or Mayor Fisk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's something to think about. I, I, I yeah. These these two haven't made it into my into my consideration strongly for criminal syndicate, and I I can't really articulate why that is very clearly. Apart from, I feel like what you're doing is you're bunching up your the, the way criminal syndicate loses is you you kill them you either kill them or push them isn't it, and you're putting lots of pieces in just two areas as opposed to four or in the very near future potentially five areas, um, so that they're able to concentrate their countermeasures more effectively so that maybe, you know, their dazing doesn't work, but with the first attack, but then they've got another attacker to take that one down who's got a, a throw to throw somebody else off. And so they're able to deal with it in a way that you then can't. Yeah, it just sorts you out. Whereas if one of those fails and you've had to spread those characters out across four or five different elements, then it's failed and you've got the points. Yep, that's uh, that's all true. I, I guess I'd still like, because there is some poison immune characters in um, Criminal Syndicate. I know Omega Red doesn't get a lot of love, but being a relatively tanky character that is poison immune and can move people off crises with his, um, I forget what it's called, but it's like Web Snare. Um, yep. I felt like there were certain... He also likes... You know, he gets benefits from other people being poisoned too. So I, if you if you're going to play it, he's a great character to play on. Yeah. There. But maybe you want to play Omega Ray in Inhumans. Then maybe that's the answer. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I will say I particularly like A Force on this probably more than they get credit for. Um, they have a lot of characters who are immune to poison. You can make practically a whole team of badass characters that are immune to poison, right? Because A Force, uh, She Hulk's immune, right? Yeah. Um, Medusa, Captain uh, Captain Marvel immune to poison. She is. Um, yeah, you, she's uh, let's see. You, uh, if I mean Rogue works in there, even if she doesn't end up being affiliated, she's good there. You've got Medusa who's immune to poison. Crystal's immune to poison. Yep. Like you could just build a great A Force team and like have all of them be immune to poison. Yeah, and uh, the twenty threat tag although we we uh, pray, we sort of provide that at the beginning of the episode um once you've got a six threat leader that 20 threat comes in real useful yep yeah it's it just seems overall overall real solid for them okay well i think that that covers all of the secures it's a it's an it's more challenging than you would think to go through this and really try to pick which affiliations are better than others, like trying to factor in all the information. It's, it's an incredibly complex mental exercise. It is. And it's entirely possible that we've missed something through lack of experience. I mean, there's now 18 affiliations and neither of us have got enough experience with all 18 to be experts on all of them. So this is, you know, our, our qualified opinion, but it's entirely possible that we've missed something which is obvious to, to you, our listeners, 
Um, in which case, let us know about it. Let us know, hey, actually, I think this. Um, yeah, and I think jump in Discord and, and hit us if up. you're uh, if you're kind of like in a like a like you're focused on a specific affiliation, you're trying to like master a specific affiliation. I think there are definitely ways for you to tweak rosters and stuff and go, oh, well, this was kind of a bad matchup for me. But I found that with how I select my extracts and like which specific characters I include. I'm able to gain a specific advantage here by getting it to certain threat levels or that sort of thing that you can do that um, is hard to quantify um, going through the list. But I do think more and more that how you choose your crisis cards is becoming more and more important, not less. And so I just thought this was would be a good exercise. And um, I always love these really, like, really chewy topics for Jacob and I. <laughs> yeah, it's been fun. All right. Well, I think we'll go ahead and wrap things up here. But um, listeners, I mean, I'm sure you all know this by now. I listen to Danger Room regularly. I think I almost mentioned Danger Room every episode. I don't think I can help myself. But Jacob, where would people find your stuff if they want more Jacob time? Uh, so you can listen to us on Danger Room. Uh, you can see my articles on Xavier-Protocols.com. And you can always jump into our Danger Room Discord and hit me up there. Absolutely. Jacob's always happy to talk MCP stuff as long as you message him during the right time zone. <laughs> uh, but anyway, Jacob, again, thank you so much for coming on and doing this with me. At some point, we'll uh, we'll dive through and do the extracts as well. But uh, they definitely can be there an, their own episode worth of content. Um, and I know there were some affiliations that we just didn't mention here, but I think every every affiliation will get mentioned either between the secures or the extracts somewhere in there. Yeah, I mean, who did we miss in this episode? We didn't say X-Force. That's true. Maybe that's the uh, only one that we didn't actually mention. There are some leaders that we didn't mention for sure. Yeah, we, we didn't mention Mystique. But then uh, I did a I did a good danger episode recently on the Seek Fire Garden. Yes, it was. I enjoyed that episode quite a bit. Listeners, you should absolutely check that out. But all right, well, I think I'll close things up here and say the most OP thing that you can do is just play Criminal Syndicate and Asgard together, because then you can just play into any secure. Interesting. I recently recorded with Advanced R&D, and you know they give you a um, a, a pair a, uh, with restrictions yep. of a character you're not allowed to take. So the pair they gave me, and they hadn't put two and two together, they had listened to our episode, but the pair they gave me was Asgard and Criminal Syndicate, and I was like, great! <laughs> no problem! Omnus has told me exactly what to do. <laughs> like, this is easy.